0: for joining us tonight for this service and we've had some uh, uh, troubles this afternoon with our internet here at the church and so we're recording the service tonight and will be posting it on our page but we do want to thank you for watching and um, a couple of things we mentioned Sunday um, that if you're watching these um, and uh, you have a need or, or you need someone to talk to or pray with you You can uh, call the church at 270-623-8890 or you can come by. Our church address is 5152 uh, State State Route 384 and uh, we'll be glad to help you any way we can. And we want to pray for the service tonight and uh, pray the Lord would help us in this time. Father, we thank you for this evening. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to come into your house tonight. And Lord, though the circumstances are, are unusual... And, Lord, though that <coughs> Satan has tried to hinder already, I pray that now, Lord, that you would bind him and any demon of hell that might try to enter this place and 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 hinder what you're trying to do. I pray tonight you bless the service. I pray you bless the singing and the preaching of the Word of God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The ladies are going to sing a song or two. You pray for them.
1: That's wrong. I know.
0: Gonna be looking tonight in the book of Romans <coughs> chapter number five and uh, Romans chapter number five and on Wednesday nights we've been studying the book of Romans uh, here at the church and we're just now in chapter four and uh, I kind of debated on preaching this tonight um, but this is what the Lord wants and as we know tonight uh, this Sunday is Easter Sunday <coughs> when we celebrate. Um, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and unfortunately this year um, due to the uh, what's going on the situation in our our country uh, we're not going to be able to meet this Sunday uh, but we will have an Easter service and uh, one day it may be postponed but we're going to have one and uh, but we know that the resurrection is only part of the gospel message and the The other part being the death of Christ, and we know based upon uh, the timeline and history and what the Word of God teaches us that Jesus died actually tonight, would have been the night he died, and and, uh, you say, I know everybody talks about Good Friday, and there's nothing bad about Friday, in fact, I don't know if I've ever seen a bad Friday, I like Friday, it's a good day. That's not the day Jesus died, and, uh, but he died on Wednesday. And uh, he said, as Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, uh, so shall the Son of Man be. And so tonight, the Lord's led us to preach about the cross and the death of Christ. And uh, I want you to, if you have your Bible, to look with us in Romans chapter 5, and uh, verse number 8. Verse number 8. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love towards us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us Christ died for us and tonight if the Lord will help me that's what I want to preach on is that phrase or that thought that truth
2: that Christ died for us there's never been sweeter
0: words penned than that that Christ died for us There's no poet that's ever taken out and and written down a a
2: stanza of a poem that was greater than the phrase, Christ died for us. Uh, No orator with a silver tongue has ever uttered a statement greater than Christ died for us. Uh, No uh, astronomer has ever looked through a telescope and looked off into outer space and seen anything greater than Christ died for us. No preacher has ever preached a greater message than that that Christ has died for us. I thought about this. No doctor has ever walked into a room and given better news to a patient than Christ died for us. It's a miracle tonight that Christ would die for us, but I thank God that He has. You see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. First Corinthians 1.23 says, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. First Corinthians 2 and verse 1, Paul said, Now brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Galatians 6, 14, Paul said, uh, But God forbid that I glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus. And tonight, I want to preach on that thought, Christ died for us. If you're watching this tonight, if you're listening to this tonight, I want you to know that not only did Christ die for us, but Christ died for you. First John chapter 2 and verse 2 says and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And Christ has died for us. Of all the things we could think about tonight and let our minds uh, focus and meditate on, uh, I believe tonight it would do us all good if we would think about the fact that Christ died for us. It makes big things in life seem small when you think about the fact that 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary, Jesus Christ died for us. It helps us not to be discouraged when we think about the thought that Christ has died for us. And sure right now we have. Uh, uh, right now in our nation. In our world. Uh, uh, people are on edge. And it seems like that a normal life. Has been taken from us. But I want to say tonight. That even though. Uh, we might be isolated at home and uh, separated from family and friends and unable to uh, uh, embrace one another and, 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 and fellowship with one another. Uh, we can all rejoice the fact that Christ has died for us. Uh, when we think about the fact that Jesus Uh, died for us it ought to make our heart rejoice Uh, no matter how desperate things may be uh, people are dying every day Uh, people are falling ill and sick and listen tonight but we need to remember that christ died for us and i want to preach on that tonight christ uh, died for us in verses one through five i want us to look at the obtainment Of the cross, the obtainment of the cross. We learn in verse 1 through 5 what Jesus obtained for us when he died for us. In verse 1, it says, Therefore... Uh, being justified by faith being justified by faith the first thing we see that was obtained at the cross was Jesus obtained pardon for our sins he says justified justified some people say that word means just as if I uh, was never had never sinned and and that's a good definition but the real definition is that it's not just as if we had never sinned but it's just as if we were never a sinner. Uh, The Bible says because of the cross uh, our sins have been pardoned. You see on Calvary God took everything bad about us and put it on his son. And when we trust Jesus Christ as our savior he takes everything good about his son and he gives it to us. That's what justified means. It means that God took our sins and put them on his son and he took the righteousness of his son Son and put it on us. At uh, the cross tonight has obtained pardon for our sins. Uh, Colossians 2 and verse 14. Uh, it says blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Uh, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, uh, nailing it to his cross. Uh, Listen tonight, we should rejoice in the fact that because Christ died for us tonight, uh, we are justified. Uh, When God looks at us, he doesn't see us as reprobates, as rebels, as sinners. Uh, But God sees us as his own children tonight. Uh, What did Jesus accomplish at the cross? Uh, He accomplished a pardon. Uh, for our sins uh, but then he says this he says we have peace with God uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ uh, not only did he obtain pardon for sin uh, but he obtained peace with the sovereign uh, peace with God Colossians 1 says and having made peace through the blood of his cross uh, by him to reconcile all things unto himself uh, you understand you say what was Jesus doing on the cross He was making peace with God for us. Somebody told me the other day, they said, preacher, I want to make peace with God. And I told them, I said, it's too late. Jesus already made peace with God for us. You could try all you want. You could do all you can do. And you can never make peace with God on your own. But that's exactly what Jesus did. On Calvary, he reached out with one hand and got a hold of sinners like me and you and with the other hand he reached out and grabbed the hand of God and he brought us back together you see man was, was alienated from God man was at, at enmity with God but on the cross peace was made he says we have peace with God then he said in verse 2 by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God so not only did he obtain pardon for our sins and peace with the sovereign, but he obtained for us that we obtained the provisions of his supply. We have access to his grace tonight. We have access to his grace. One of the saddest things about this whole uh, 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 pandemic is these people that are sick and and they're being isolated away from their family and their friends and uh, away from those they love and they know and they're alone and they're suffering. And I I I, I have uh, tonight if that doesn't cause you to have pity compassion Uh, I don't know what can but I'm glad tonight you can isolate a Christian uh, you can isolate a child of God but they're not alone uh, because they still have access to God Uh, they put John the revelator in quarantine on the Isle of Patmos and the Bible says he said as in the spirit on the Lord's day Uh, you see tonight you cannot take that from a child of God the provisions of his supply Then, verse 3 through 4, because of the cross, we have purpose for our suffering. He goes on and talks about our suffering, tribulation, and how it works patience and works patience and patience experience and experience hope. And tonight, listen, because of the cross, we find there's a purpose in our suffering. Do you understand there's no, uh, uh, there's no suffering in the life of a child of God? that There's not a purpose for it. We know the Bible says in Romans eight twenty-eight: For we know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. You see tonight, if we want to know the power of His resurrection, we must be willing to bear the pain of His cross and His suffering. And because of the cross, Jesus has given us purpose for our suffering. Verse five, he says, And hope maketh not shame because the love of God is shed abroad is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given to us. What did Jesus obtain on the cross? He obtained pardon for our sins. He obtained peace. Uh, he obtained peace with the sovereign. He obtained the provisions of his supply. We have access to his grace. He obtained for us a purpose for our suffering now. When we suffer, we can look to the cross and realize just like God had a reason for Jesus' suffering. He's got a reason for our suffering. But then he goes on to say this, that uh, because of the cross, he's obtained for us power, a power for service. He says the Holy Ghost is within us and in our heart the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. and 2 Corinthians 5, Paul said the love of Christ constraineth us. And tonight, listen, why do we do what we do? I mean, listen, why am I here in an empty church preaching to a, tele- a telephone? And why because of the love of God that was shed abroad in my heart? You say, Brother James, how can I serve God? now i can't go to church i can't go and visit i can't get people to come i'll tell you how by the love of god that's in our hearts by the holy ghost there's power for service the obtainment of the cross verse number six we see the objects of the cross who was it that he did this for it was us in verse six he says when we And then in verse 8, he said he died for us, the objects of the cross. You know, tonight, we're not much. We're not much to this world, but Christ died for us. You know, the world calls us fools, but Christ died for us. The world looks at us as useless, but Christ died for us. The world says we're a detriment to society but Christ died for us. You know today this is what our governor says. He says we're non-essential. He says that what we're doing tonight is non-essential he says all oh, these Christians they need to go home and stay inside and lock the doors but we can sell liquor and whiskey and beer and we can have I mean listen we can go to Lowe's like it's Black Friday and have a good time why because those Christians they're not essential they're not important they're just little nobodies and we want to get rid of them Don't make, make no mistake about it tonight these liberals and God haters they want us gone and one day they're going to get their wish we'll be gone but I want to say they may not think much of us and they may not think much of who we are but they didn't think much of him neither but listen tonight you may think I'm not anything but Christ died for us the objects of the cross who did he die for verse 6 he died for the weak he said we were yet without strength that word means helpless and hopeless it means a condition of being feeble sick and weak It's applied to those who are sick and feeble and deprived of strength by disease. You see tonight, Jesus, who did he do it for? He did not do it for the strongest of the strong, but he did it for the weakest of the weak. You understand Jesus said in John 10, he said, I lay my life down for my sheep. Oh, listen, and I, we're weak. That's what the Bible says, without strength. In the Old Testament, the sheep had to die for the shepherd. Every year at Passover, they bring the sheep and they sacrifice them. And the sheep died for the shepherd. But on Calvary, Jesus climbed on that cross and the shepherd died for the sheep. Who did he do it for? He did it for weak people just like me and just like you you say brother James I'm not strong my faith's not strong my courage isn't strong brother James I'm overwhelmed I'm perplexed I'm discouraged I feel like I'm nothing I've got good news for you Christ died for the weak but he says in verse 6 he died for the wicked he says the ungodly he died for the ungodly the wicked that word ungodly means impious or wicked you see not only did he not die for the strongest of the strongest but he didn't die for the best of the best but the worst of the worst Isaiah 53 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Who did he die for? The ungodly. It says when we were yet without strength in due time. That means on time, God's time. Galatians 4, 4 in the fullness of time come, God sent forth his son. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Heck, not only did he do it for the weak, but he did it for the wicked, the ungodly, the impious, the ones that didn't know him, the ones that didn't fear him, the ones that didn't love him or serve him. And listen tonight, Christ died for the wicked tonight For the wicked sinner tonight. You may be watching this and you're thinking right now how ungodly you are and all the ungodly things you've done and all the ungodly deeds you've committed. I've got good news for you. Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the wicked, the weak. That Not only was it for the wicked and the weak, but for the wayward. He said in verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man one die. Peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God committeth his love towards us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, the wayward. He said while we were yet sinners. That word sinner, it means to miss the mark. It means to miss the mark. It means to go astray. It means to cross the line. And oh, tonight, listen, no matter how hard you try, you'll never be able to hit the mark. You'll never be able to hit the mark of being righteous and holy. And listen, Jesus didn't die for a bunch of holy joes. Uh, Jesus didn't die for a bunch of perfect people. He died for the wicked. He died for the wayward. He died for sinners like you and like me. Uh, That word trespass, it means to cross the line. And listen to me, we'd all trespass we will all cross the line but thank God Christ died for sinners and listen on Calvary Jesus he hit the mark so he could be saved the objects of the cross the obtainment of the cross the outcome of the cross in verse 9 through 11 the outcome of the cross first in verse 9 we see we've been rescued from retribution he says in verse 9 Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I'm going to say something about this and move on. We're not in the great tribulation. We're in tribulation, but not the great tribulation. In Bible prophecy, that is a designated time. It's a specific time of seven years. And there's a difference in tribulation and great tribulation. And tonight, that's not the time of the church's trouble, but it's the time of Jacob's trouble. And the Bible says that we've been rescued from retribution. He He says, uh, He said in Revelation three ten, I'll keep thee from the hour of temptation. And I'm gonna say this tonight: If you think coronavirus is bad, if you think a pandemic's bad, if you think what's going on now's bad, uh, you don't want to be here for the great tribulation. Uh, listen, that's when God's gonna pour out His wrath on this world, uh, and listen, He's gonna open up the pits of hell and. Judge this world for their rejection of Jesus Christ and there's going to be famines and war and pestilence and earthquake and men are going to run into the mountains and cry under the rocks to fall on them. But good news, if you're saved, the wrath of God will never touch you. I heard about over years ago out in the west, there was a wildfire that was spreading out of control and a bunch of cowboys were riding around trying to put it out
0: and out of nowhere an
2: Indian come riding up on his horse He got down off his horse and he grabbed some grass and he set it on fire and he he burned it, put it here and then he went and grabbed some more and he began to set the fields afire and the cowboys ran up to him and said, you've got to stop, you're not helping us. You've got to stop, you're making things worse. He looked at those cowboys and he says, the fire can never burn twice where it's already burned once and I've got good news, if you're saved tonight, you're fireproof and the reason you are is because because the wrath of God hath burned on Jesus on the cross and because the fire burned on him, it'll never burn on us. So we can, we've been rescued from retribution. That's the outcome of the cross. Not only is that, but then we can rest in our relationship. Verse 10, he says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. I want to to tell you how we can rest in our relationship. We're not his enemies no longer. And if Jesus died for us on the cross, on the cross when we were his enemies, I want to ask you tonight, what will he not do for us now that we're his friends? There's we can rest in our relationship. You see, tonight, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church, and I'm thankful for that. But I can't rest in that relationship. I can't rest in that. I'm a husband. I'm a husband to a wonderful wife and I can't rest in that. I'm a father to four precious children. I can't rest in that. But There's one thing I can rest in and that's the fact that I'm not an enemy of Christ. I'm his friend and I have a relationship with him. I have a relationship with him. I am his and he is mine. And listen tonight, the outcome of the cross is we can rest in our relationship. Verse 11 he says, and not only so but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have received the atonement. So the outcome of the cross we can rejoice in our redemption. He said we joy in God, we joy in God. And oh listen tonight I understand there's not much on the television to be happy about. Uh, There's not much in the the world to find joy in right now. The parks are closed. The ball fields are empty. The lights have been turned off. The little kids are not running out to get on the bus. Uh, There's no uh, uh, caps and gowns being fitted. and I understand it's a dreary time. Uh, There's a heaviness in the air Uh, like I've never seen in my life. In 37 years, I've never experienced anything like it. Uh, There's a heaviness. Uh, There's a darkness around us, engulfing us, but this and tonight, on April the 8th 2020, I can still lift my hands and bless the Lord for saving a sinner like me and do us all good if we just took time out in our, in our living room or, or wherever we are and lifted our hands and said, bless the Lord oh my soul and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Paul said we rejoice in God. Why because we're saved we're redeemed that's the outcome of the cross but now I've got to hurry the overflow of the cross I I would read all these verses you can read them in your own time but verse 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 and 20 he uses these words many more all free the free gift much more And and he's talking about how the cross not only uh, not only is the cross enough for us but it's a cross it's enough for everyone else You see, this morning, this evening, there's an abundant supply tonight. There is an inexhaustible supply. You see, millions have come and millions have gone from the cross. And many a sinner has bowed his or her knee and cried unto Jesus and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus saved their never-dying soul. And they went away rejoicing because they had been saved. But tonight there's still enough blood for you. Uh, There's still enough mercy for you. Uh, Listen, you cannot exhaust uh, uh, the love and the mercy and the grace of God. Spurgeon said that you could take a thimble and go and get you a scoop of water out of the Atlantic Ocean and go pour it in the Pacific Ocean. And it'd be easier for you to empty the Atlantic Ocean than it would for a sinner to exhaust the love of God. And tonight, there's an overflow. In verses 11 through 18, we see the freeness of salvation. You say, Brother James, I ain't got no. I don't have much. I don't have much money. I'm poor. But I got good news in verse 7 to 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift
0: came upon all men and the justification of life. The freeness of salvation. You say, Brother James, I can't afford to be saved. You can't afford to not be saved.
2: And and, I want to ask you something tonight. What could you give God that He doesn't already have? The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Salvation is free tonight. It's free to all. Oh, listen tonight. I thought about Isaiah 55 and verse 1. Where the prophet said, oh, everyone that thirsteth come and drink water without price. There's no price tag on salvation. Jesus doesn't need you to come give him 10% down. Listen, he's not financing it for you. It's been paid in full. It's been paid in full. On the cross, on the cross, he gave us a free salvation. The freeness of salvation in verse 19 through 21, we see the fullness of salvation. He says in verse 20, Moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where, grace, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I'm talking about the overflow of the cross. The overflow is we have a, not only a free salvation, but we have a full salvation. The Bible says where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. What that means is where there was a creek of sin, God had a river of grace. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Where sin flowed, grace overflowed. And listen tonight, salvation's fall it's full he says it much more abounded you say how full is it tonight he says how full it is no matter where you've been no matter what you've done no matter how far you've gone down into the depths and the mire of sin no matter how evil and wicked and conniving you've been uh, no matter how many lies you've told uh, no matter how much blasphemies come from your lips and and gone through your mind out there more grace than you have sinned more grace the fullness of salvation verse 21 the finality of salvation I'm talking about the overflow of the cross that if sin hath reigned unto death even so might grace reign through righteousness mark these words unto eternal life by Jesus Christ
0: our Lord You say, Brother James, you believe once saved, always saved. Nope. I believe in eternal life. I believe in
2: everlasting life. And and by the way, the only kind of life that God has to give is eternal life. He doesn't give temporary life. He gives eternal life. And listen, tonight we see the finality of salvation. It's final tonight. Oh, how, how tonight we ought to rejoice in the overflow of the cross the Bible says for Christ also hath once suffered for sin not twice and not three times and not four times and not five times and not ten times oh but like the old song says thou never crucify him again it only took one time and listen tonight you don't have to come back week after week and wonder if the cross is enough for you the cross is final it's forever it's eternal life Jesus said in John 10 28 and I give unto them eternal life and no man shall pluck them out of my hand out of my hand tonight if you're saved it's final you say brother James I wouldn't have saved you well, I wouldn't have saved me but the good thing is you don't do the saving and I don't do the saving he does and he's given to me eternal life the finality of salvation The finality of salvation. Oh, what a wonderful thought tonight that Christ has died for us. I read that years ago when Abraham Lincoln had been assassinated, they began to bring his body down through towns and villages and and people would line the streets and look as he passed by. And they were passing through this one particular town and the sidewalks were crowded and people were weeping and mourning and and there was a little lady who had just been emancipated she had just been set free from slavery and this little lady ran out and she wanted to see the body of Abraham Lincoln and the crowd was so thick and so it, there were so many people she couldn't get through and and and, and people were still treating her uh, in, in, a, in a in a bad way because of her her race and because of her color and she couldn't get through the crowd and she had her little boy with her and finally finally she gave up and she picked that little boy up and put him up over his her head and she said, "Look son, she said that man died so you can be free." that man died so you could go free. And what I'm telling you tonight is Christ died for us. He died for us so we could be free. He died so he could set us free. He died so he could take the chains of sin off and open up the door and say, go, my child, go. Christ died for us. Father, we thank you for this evening. Lord, I thank you for the old rugged cross. Stained with blood so divine. And oh Lord, though the world despises that cross, tonight, Lord, I glory, I glory in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, tonight I boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, God, for loving us so much that you let your Son die for us. And I pray tonight if there's anyone out there watching that the message of the cross would prick their heart. And Lord, they might come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We love you tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.